speak out, speak out, speak out. Don't err on the side of caution. Err on the side of advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom of heaven. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization and discipleship. I'm Dave Van Vickle, and unfortunately this week I won't be joined by Gomer. Uh, our schedules just couldn't line up. Gomer is off uh, saving the world uh, via St. Uh, Anthony of Padua Parish, so hopefully we'll be back together next week. Hopefully you can hear me. I'm, I'm uh, recording this right now at uh, Brother Andre's Cafe here in Pittsburgh, uh, which is an awesome place that is right next to the church that I work at here. So it's a little bit noisy. So I apologize if you can't hear me, but uh, I hope things are going well for all of you. We're getting ready to, I don't know if you're thinking about Lent yet, but I'm definitely thinking about it. And uh, I know that um, Lent is kind of the time that we kind of double down on, you know, our commitment to the faith, our commitment to Jesus Christ. And so you're probably praying about that and wondering, you know, what to do. And I hope that evangelization will be a part of your Lenten plan. I know for a lot of people it is. And uh, a lot of people try to do different things during Lent, like they might go down to the abortion clinic or work in a soup kitchen or do something like that. I hope that evangelization, some some form of uh, advancing the kingdom of heaven will be a part of your Lenten plan as well. So as you as you uh, start to think about what you're going to do here in these last couple of weeks uh, leading up to it, or I guess we have about a month here, you know, try to think about something that you're going to do just specifically to advance the kingdom of heaven because it's a time of great grace. It's a time that's so meritorious for us. So it can be a really good time to enter into apostolate because uh, our apostolate should be even more fruitful, right? When we're giving things up and we're doubling down on prayer, all that kind of thing. So today I wanted to answer two emails that I've recently received. Uh, just personally, people have sent them to me, not even to the podcast, but I thought both of them were really important. Uh, one of them came from a new pastor, a young priest uh, in a diocese in the north, and uh, I'll, I'll, that's as specific as I'll be. He said he came into a parish and it became very clear to him that the staff was not evangelized, that the staff, both at the school and at the parish, he wouldn't call them disciples. And I... I hate to say it, but this is not all that uncommon for a priest to come into a parish and to see that, you know, there, there is a lot of professionalism that goes on, uh, kind of in the, in the church. And what I mean by that is that people are there just, I guess we call it careerism or something, you know, they're there for reasons other than the propagation of the faith, propagation of Jesus for evangelization, right? They're there for other reasons. It could be because they're cultural Catholics. It could be because um, it's just a great work environment, and that happens a lot. You know, parishes are great work environments. Could be any number of reasons, but this uh, particular pastor came into the parish, and he found that his staff was almost entirely unevangelized. And so he says to the point that they don't even really understand what I'm saying when we're in meetings. And so his question is, you know, he can't let go of the entire staff. He can't fire them all. What do you do? What do you do? And so uh, I'm going to give you a few tips, Father, here. Uh, th this is this is a hard situation, but it, it happens more than you'd think, okay? The first thing I would do is I would really sit down and evaluate the situation and think about what do you mean when you say they aren't evangelized? Uh, 
Do they have personal prayer lives? Do they know the faith? Do they take seriously a relationship with Jesus? Those are all big things that we know that would be signs of somebody who's you know, pretty evangelized and, 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 and in a good place. Are they serious about uh, sin in their life? Are they those those things? Okay, so really sit down and, and kind of look individually at your staff and and see from from your conversations that you've had with them, can you tell those things? And if you can't, like if you can't sit down and say you know hard and fast, you know this is how I know this person isn't evangelized. I would suggest to you that maybe you kind of got ahead of yourself here. And I would start uh, by trying to build those relationships where you can really find out why uh, we're having this kind of misstep here. Why are they not understanding you? Because you don't know at this point uh, if it's just maybe a language barrier. You don't know uh, what it was like at the parish before you were there. You might know a little bit, but you don't know the relationship they had with their pastor. So what I would encourage you to do is kind of take a step back and say, what do I mean what do I mean when I say they're not evangelized? And how am I going to really dig in and figure out, uh, is that true or not? And, and it's a valid question, right? It's a valid thing to ask, right? This happens. I think certainly there's going to be situations where you say, yeah, this, this person really really isn't here for the right reasons and they really haven't been evangelized. And, and again, it doesn't mean that they're saints. You know, we're not saying that at all. I certainly am not. Uh, but I do believe in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, and I have a daily relationship with him, and I feel as though he's Lord of my life, and and I try my best not to sin, you know, and I try my best to to follow him and to listen to him. That doesn't mean I'm a saint, okay? So we're not we're not going to classify saints or non or sinners, you know. What we're trying to do is is see what exactly what's the quality of their daily lived relationship with God. What is the quality? of their daily lived relationship with God. So evaluate. Then I would introduce to them a little bit of evaluation. Like, you know, let let them know kind of rubrics, not by which they're being evaluated, but by which you would evaluate the parish. One of the easiest ways to do this is just introduce them to Sherry Waddell's book, Forming Intentional Disciples. Give them the book, a copy of the book, have some meetings about the book, outline some specific passages that you want them to read, things like that, and really let them take a look at what you're talking about. What it'll do right away is it'll give them a language to speak that's similar, right? It'll set a bar as far as what you're looking for the parish to to have. And in all honesty, when you introduce this kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't hate to say initiative, but this kind of thinking into the parish, there will be people who will go ahead and weed themselves out. Okay, there there will be people who would say, who will who will be honest enough to say, yeah, you know what, this new pastor, he's he's crazy, he's doing crazy Christian things, and it's a little too much for me. You know, I was I was okay being a, you know behind the desk, I was okay being a business person, I was okay being that, but now he wants me to actually be evangelical about it. He wants me to be evangelistic and and thoroughly Catholic, and he even maybe wants me to try to be a saint. I'm out of here, right? So some of them will just evaluate themselves out of the parish. So uh, that that's that's the first step I would say. Number two. There are going to be people who, when you evaluate what's going on, you realize they're, they are not evangelized, but they're not going to leave and you're not going to let them go. In all likelihood, you're probably not going to fire them. Uh, it's not usually their fault <laughs> that they're there. Okay. Uh, so what do you do? 
Now's the time to take a look at your schedule, at your initiatives at the parish to kind of change the focus here from focusing on parishioners to focusing on staff. Okay. So, and obviously I'm not saying completely and totally, but what you want to do is make sure that you're spending lots and lots of time with your staff. And I mean, personal time and group time. Okay. So, you know, some parishes are really big on like staff lunches and things like that. I I really tend to shy away from parishes like that because uh, I, I, you know, I tend to be kind of all business when I go into work. But some places are really like that. And if there is like a staff lunch, like, you know, when everybody gets together, make sure you're there, you know, be there for conversations. But then also schedule conversations into your week, right? Uh, Either it be, it could be just like a lunch with them. It could be just a normal, you know, standing meeting that you have where you just kind of talk about your personal lives, right? And get to know them very well. The reason I say you have to do this is uh, if you're going to try to evangelize the staff, you have to have a relationship with them. And, and to be honest with you, Father, I think priests are used to, are a little too used to trying to evangelize people without having a relationship. And, and I understand why. I mean, for many people, the relationship is completely one-sided. They know you very well, but you don't know them very well. Well, with a normal parishioner, that might work somewhat, but with your staff, you can't wait that long. <laughs> so you need to dig in here. Get, get to know them very well. You want to build a friendship, build uh, some mutual respect there, build bridges of trust, as Sherry talks about in her book. And, and that will be kind of the way that you can kind of have a, a foundation to be able to draw them a little bit deeper, okay? So, so look at personal contact here, right? And really uh, try your best to get to know them. Now, again, I said before that some people might weed themselves out. This could weed people out, right? There are some people who uh, are going to say like, no, this is too much for me. Like, you know, I'm just here for work. I don't really want this. And that's okay. They might start to recognize that this is not the place for them. You might start to recognize that this is not the place for them. And sometimes that has to happen. It, 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 unfortunately, I've watched it happen on a few different occasions during prayerish mergers where it just, it was clear that this this person was not going to work out, and uh, and it was uh, a, you could see a marked difference after they were gone. So number three, I think we're on. Okay, I, I would say announce maybe six months down the road that you're going to have a staff retreat. Why? Well, for some people, that's going to be right off the bat a little too much for them. Okay, they're going to say no way. This retreat's too much. I can't do it. But for some people, uh, you might have a little excitement doesn't matter what the response is for everyone. Let them know that there's going to be a staff retreat. And, and if you can do more than just one day, I would suggest you try to do that. Okay. Try to try to really make some headway here and prepare for the retreat. And the way I, what I mean by that is start to like really try to move them through the thresholds of evangelizations of discipleship, right? From trust to curiosity, to seeker, to all these things, right? Uh, try to move them along the threshold so that when the retreat comes, you can really have a very serious decision where you kind of, in a certain sense, maybe a little more gently than I'm saying it, but draw a line in the sand and say, look, uh, this is where I'm, I want to take the parish. This is where I believe God's leading us. I need people who are completely on board. Are you on board? You know, don't make it just parish-centered. Say, in order to be on board, you have to be a person who's following Jesus Christ. Are you ready to drop your net 
and follow Jesus Christ. You know, let it be known that that retreat is for the staff, that it's not a corporate retreat to plan. Uh, let it be known that it's going to be a spiritual retreat, an evangelistic style retreat for the staff. Make it clear to them that you go on retreat every year and just because you're a priest doesn't mean you don't need a retreat because uh, believe it or not, there will be church workers who say to themselves, why are we going on retreat? We're the ones who run the parish or work at the parish, okay? Maybe consider bringing someone else to in to do the retreat, someone who uh, you think would be a good fit for them, someone who would be highly, highly evangelistic, um, not just someone that you think is good, but someone that you think can really reach out to their hearts. And if you're wondering what a good schedule for a retreat like this would be, reach out to us. We'd be happy to to help you with, uh, you know, crafting a schedule for a staff retreat here, okay? So get that staff retreat on the books. The last thing I would suggest is you look at prayer opportunities with your staff, okay? And I would suggest a few different things. First of all, have some kind of staff prayer that everyone has to be at, okay? One of the things I like to do with my staff, right now I don't have a staff, but when I when I am like kind of running a parish, I usually pick one day a week where I want them all in the office. Why? Because I know that no matter what happens, I can catch them on that day, but also uh, you know, I'll usually schedule some kind of prayer initiative, whether it be a staff rosary, holy hour, could be even Bible study, depending on where you're at, but uh, I would bring in a lot of prayer into this, okay? So that would be the first thing. I would also be very clear about praying one-on-one with them, even just asking them what their needs are and asking you know God to meet those needs. That can be, it can really start to change the culture of the parish here, okay? Uh, and making sure that, that they have their own prayer lives, okay? So kind of emphasizing that, like, look, as a staff member, we expect you to work this many hours, but we also know that like you can't give what you don't have. So we're going to allow you to have a certain amount of those hours be part of your personal devotional time, okay? A place where you can fill up so that you can then give to others. And then finally, what I would say is ask your parish, ask your parishioners to pray for staff members. Maybe have a like a staff member of the week kind of thing and ask your parishioners each to pray a MRRA for them or something like that uh, so that they're praying for conversion of the staff, right? Uh, uh, why? Well, first of all, you get the intercessory support. Second of all, once again, it reminds your staff that we're all about conversion here. That's what we want and that their conversion is going to be the best thing that they can do for the conversion of the parish, okay? Uh, and also it gets the parish talking about it and gets the parish thinking about that kind of thing. So pray, pray, pray. Once again, I will say, even at this step, this might weed people out. It might be too much for them, right? The emphasis on prayer, the emphasis on that. We, we usually tend to focus on the things that we're most comfortable with. Uh, so you'll have like really organized people who are really great with meetings. They're going to focus more on that kind of thing, you know. We, we usually tend to focus on that kind of thing. And so if we can kind of like push them to the edge of the boat and have the Lord call them out of the boat, right, it's it's going to create some decision-making there that, that that is good, you know, and it might not be always pretty, but it, it will be good for these decisions to be made, okay? So, Father, what I would suggest is that you treat this like any other evangelizing relationship except for it's a group of people. Uh, it's tough that you're in a situation where you feel like none of the staff – is evangelized, uh, you might have to make some tough decisions. Uh, you might have to add 
to the staff, that might help a little bit because I know you want to hit the ground running at the parish. If you can't add to the staff, you might have to make some changes. But my suggestion to you is to get in the trenches and to do everything you can to uh, to try to evangelize them. And they will make the right decisions in the end, right? Uh, it's very rare that a person doesn't weed themselves out, that you have to actually weed them out. But uh, it happens occasionally. And it's not, not a happy thing, but it but uh, for the most part, you know, the Lord uh, knows who needs to be on board and he's going to help you and guide you through this. So uh, you'll be in my prayers as you continue there. And thanks so much for writing in because, uh, you know, it's, it's a problem that I know a lot of people run into. Okay. So I want to answer one more email question. And this one is so difficult. And I've been in this situation on several occasions. A young uh, lady was hired as the director of evangelization for a parish by the pastor the pastor pretty much uh, allows her to run the evangelization efforts. The pastor is pretty hands-off. He runs the sacramental aspects of the parish and the business and finance parts of the parish. But she's pretty much left to run uh, religious education, all that kind of stuff. Well, a, a new assistant pastor was, uh, or a parochial vicar was appointed, and he's young and he's dynamic, and he has decided that he wants to be in charge of evangelization. He didn't come out and say that he wants to be in charge, but he's making decisions. He's planning all kinds of series. He's doing things like that. And this is causing a bit of professional problem situations for this poor young girl. Well, first of all, let me say, I feel for you. I've been in this situation. In fact, I was in this situation once with uh, my best friend, uh, Father Joe. We, he was the parochial vicar. I was the director of evangelization and we fought almost every single day, right? Uh, and and uh, it was that kind of thing where it was kind of like rival programs. It was not good. You know, we were, we were kind of getting at each other's throats and things like that. Now, fortunately that situation resolved itself, but, but I have been in this situation in other places as well, where I was running, you know, pretty much the entire parish. And then a new parochial vicar comes in and decides that he wants to be in charge kind of of evangelization and adult faith formation. So here's some suggestions for you. <laughs> the first is this, build that relationship. Build it, build it, build it, build it, build it as much as you possibly can. Get to know this this young priest really well. Recognize their strengths, recognize their weaknesses. Okay, in my case with Father Joe, right, it was it was easy because he was so talented uh, with as far as like events and things like that. So I was happy to kind of let him run certain things and and to kind of ride that wave of excitement because you know a, a new priest a young priest is exciting to the parish they love it so you want to be able to kind of hit your wagon to that as well so get to know them really well the second thing i would say is try to be clear about job assignments here i, I would maybe go back to the pastor and just say uh Father, what what do you expect me to be in charge of here, and what what are the what are the nuances here as far as working with uh, Father so and so? How how does this work? Okay, I then try to have a, a tough conversation, and that tough conversation would sound like this: Hey, Father, you and I both have initiatives at the parish, and I really want to support yours, and I would hope that you'd want to support mine. Um, but we can't rival each other. Okay. Uh, th there was, there was a situation where I was in one time where literally, uh, a priest started a rival series to mine. So I, mine, mine was on Tuesday nights and, and he decided he was going to do one on Thursday nights. So people in the parish, you know, I mean, most people are not going to come out to the church two nights a week. They were having to choose, are they going to come to mine or to, to his? 
And I, I was uncomfortable with that. I didn't like that. It wasn't so much that I was worried that he was going to get more people or that I wasn't going to get anyone. It was more just it, it presented a kind of a dis, disunified front from the parish. It wasn't it wasn't really good as far as like just the, the, the way it looked, you know. So these situations are hard, right? So sit down and, and say to this priest, Father, you know, I, I want to promote your stuff. I, I'd like it if you could promote mine. Do you think what we could do is have a an evangelization calendar? And that evangelization calendar could have all of our stuff on it. And it will it will serve to be, you know, uh, a little bit of a clearinghouse so that we're not competing with each other. And then I would offer him my services. And what I would say is, Father, I want to promote your stuff. Why don't you let me promote it? And we can choose a date together for these events, for these things that you're going to do. And let's let's promote it here together. And that way I can really get behind you and just push this, push this, push this. Okay. So that you kind of try to win them over a little bit. The next thing I talk to him about is uh, different groups in the parish, right? There are going to be people that he can reach that you can't reach. And that's something you don't want to leave behind. You want that, Right he's going to be able to get into the Knights of Columbus. You can't. Okay. That's a great thing. Uh, you're going to be able to get into the young moms club. He can't not as much as you could. Right. And so that's a, that's something that you want to capitalize on and just say, can we, can we work together here, divide and conquer and really, uh, try to bring as many people to the Lord as possible through this parish. Now, sometimes there's going to be like an ideological difference here in a situation where, I was being corrected constantly by a deacon who would come to my events. He wouldn't put on his own events, but he would like publicly try to correct me all the time. And that was a really rough situation to the point where I had to uh, ask the the pastor to intervene because it was like, I disagreed with him. He disagreed with me and we just never could come together. And he was not shy about, you know, correcting me in front of people. So sometimes you're going to have to have those tough situations where the pastor gets involved. If the pastor will, uh, sometimes it can be really easy. If he won't, you know, you're going to have to try really hard to work on your interpersonal skills and work those things out specifically with the person who you're having trouble with. Remember that these priests are busy. They're super busy. So this could just be a season, right? It could just be a season where they're offering all kinds of things, uh, that are kind of getting in the way of your things, right? They could get burnt out real quick. Okay. So just kind of watch and see, take a deep breath here. Everything's going to be okay in the long run, right? What's important is that the gospel gets advanced and, uh, you know, you're both trying to do that. You're both on the same side. You both want what's best for that. Finally, the last thing I would say is, uh, Make sure you have clear, clear goals about what you're trying to do at the parish because you might conflict uh, personally, interpersonally in the office, but you want to make sure that both of you are out there sharing the same message, sharing the same intensity, sharing the same time frame with things, right? We want to make sure that the, it's just one parish goal of getting everyone to heaven is bringing as many people possible with us, right? That that is the uh, the one thing that you're portraying out to the to the parish at large, okay? It's hard. Parishes are have a lot of moving parts and people don't realize it's it's not like corporate America, right? Priests get assigned and you know, the, the leadership structure is different and it's, it's difficult and you might have a very hard time. What I will say is, uh, the parochial vicar I worked with that I had the most problems with, he became 
probably my, my biggest ally and one of my closest friends. It just took him a while to, to trust me. It took him a while to trust me. And, you know, priests go to the seminary and they see these young, well, they see, see someone like me and, you know, who didn't, I didn't go to seminary and I, I you know, he, he might be a little bit nervous about my theology or whatever, you know, you got to win them over. You know, you have to build that relationship of trust with them. And, and I did eventually win this guy over and, you know, he's one of my closest friends now and, and I would gladly, gladly work for him in the future uh, because he turned out to be like a really great priest and a really great evangelist. So uh, it, it's hard, but stick it out. Uh, what you'll understand is, uh, you know, Gomer and I talk about this all the time, a priest uh, that you're having problems with because he's too active, you're going to long for that someday. Someday you're going to long for that because it's so much better than the opposite situation where a priest is burnt out, where a priest has kind of lost their fire or where they just didn't have that ability or that personality in the very beginning. So, uh, you know, hey, let's work together. Be happy for the fire, you know, and like with my friend, Father Joe and I, you know, we work together all the time. We fight all the time, but he brings the fire and I'm, I'm so thankful to be able to kind of ride that wave and be a part of it uh, because, uh, yeah, he, he can be a bull sometimes, but uh, he really does till that soil. And there's a lot of disciples that have come out of the wake of uh, of his movement, you know. So pray for him and, and pray for that relationship and work really hard to dig in here. You know, as always, we love it when you guys email us. Uh, we love to hear from you. We've gotten so many wonderful emails of just people saying, you know, that we, they've listened to all our episodes and they try so hard to evangelize. And we're, we're so happy to hear that. And uh, recently we got an email from someone, or I don't know if it just went to me or if it went to both of us, but someone who said that they feel like they fail at every moment of evangelization. And I just, you know, I, I just want to say, you know, thanks so much for emailing. We all feel like that. We all feel like that often, right? Uh, there are times when you just, you just, you can't say the right thing. You can't do the right thing. And then there are times when everything goes right and you realize you had nothing to do with it. Really, in all honesty, there are those times where you just realize like, man, the Holy Spirit's just moving. So keep it up. Uh, we're called to faithfulness, not success. Remember that. Uh, we're called to faithfulness, not success. Speak out, speak out, speak out. Don't err on the side of caution, right? Uh, Air on the side of advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom of heaven. So email us if you have any questions, eksb at ascensionpress.com. That's eksb at ascensionpress.com. We're going to uh, take a quick break to hear something from our good folks at Ascension, probably one of their wonderful products. But when we come back, we're going to do a little throwback. I'm going to give you some practical takeaways for evangelization. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. What if you could see that the infinite God is present in your life? What if it was as simple as stopping, opening your heart, and allowing yourself to be found? I'm Danielle Bean, an author, speaker, and host of the Girlfriends Podcast. In my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I share wisdom from the saints, real life experiences, and prayer practices that help you to see, know, and grow closer to God in your everyday life, no matter how busy you are. If you've ever been inspired by stories of great saints but wondered where that leaves the rest of us, this book is for you. In it, we explore how we meet God in joy, pain, other people, prayer, and in the awesome gift of the sacraments. Join me on this journey of letting go, 
being still and allowing God to meet us right here, right now, right where we are. Order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday at ascensionpress.com. Welcome back to Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization and discipleship. As I said before, I'm Dave Van Bickle, and Gomer's not with me to do these uh, practical takeaways, but you know, people used to love the practical takeaways. People would always say, oh, they're the hardest part of the show, but I love them so much, you know, uh, and I, I really want to get back to them. So I want to give you a few just throwback practical takeaways here for the, the common evangelists. And the first is this. Start every day by praying a prayer that, that I pray every day, and that prayer is this. Lord, if you send someone to me, I promise to tell them what you've done in my life, right? Just a simple little prayer. Lord, I, I want to be part of bringing people to you. If you send someone to me who I, I can tell you brought them into my life, I promise you I will tell them about what you've done for me. And make sure when you pray that prayer, you mean it. Okay, because if God sends someone to you, you have a duty, you have a responsibility to share what he's done in your life. Number two, dust off that old uh, conversion story, your testimony, okay? Take a look at it, okay? What I want you to do is kind of pray through it. It's been probably about a year since we've assigned this uh, the last time, uh, maybe even two years. Take a look at it, right? What's happened in the last two years, if you've been listening since the beginning, and and take a look at how you might change things, right? Your testimony develops over time, and, and people would say this to me. I used to have a judge at my parish, and he would all day long listen to testimony of people, and he would say, you know, you know, your stories like change almost every single time. Well, it's not that I was lying, right? It was that I would, you know, develop uh, as I pray through them. I would I would develop. Uh, my memories there, right? I think about like, well, yeah, I, I think about that time when I gave my life to the Lord at that conference, but then maybe later on I'd pray and I'd be like, you know, God really started working in my life two years before that when this happened or something like that, you know, and uh, and and really look at that testimony and, and say, you know, God, is everything in here, do I have everything that you want in here, right? So kind of revise your testimony there. And finally, number three, uh, I run into so many broken people in this world, right? I just I feel like this last week I have I have met every broken person on earth. And I would encourage you, actually, not just encourage you, this is the homework for the week, right? Pray with somebody. Pray with somebody. This week when someone says to you that they have a problem in their life, hands on right there, say, can we pray for that right now? I want to pray for that right now. You just can't imagine how many times God breaks into those situations. So, uh, it's it's such a wonderful thing. So just those three things, real simple. Pray that special evangelist prayer. Let's dust off and update our testimony. Take a look at it. Ask God to kind of update it for us as well. And and finally, pray with somebody this week. Pray with somebody this week. Uh, it's been a while for many of us. Uh, just have courage and step out in faith and and know that uh, God God shows up. God shows up. This has been an episode of Every Knee Shall Bow. We thank you so much for tuning in. We love, love, love being a part of this great community of evangelists, and we pray for you every week. Please pray for us. God bless you all. 